Back to the Nats, they've had their crack at the law and order over the weekend. There is the tightening up of the sentencing by clamping down on discounts given by judges, uh, the removing of the use of cultural reports and offering uh, rehab to remand prisoners. The National Party leader, Christopher Luxon, is with us. Very good morning to you. Morning, Mike. Now, the costing, did you get caught out on that and why didn't you have a number ready to go? Well, look, I mean, the first thing I'd say is any cost is less than the cost of violent crime and people living in fear in the community. So that's the first thing. Uh, But the second thing I'd say is that, look, it is really difficult to have a predictive model that gets it right in the justice space. And the government's found that with its own policies. But, you know, you're right. The key, key considerations that we have to think through is do we have the prison space? Yes, we do, because the government's reduced the prison population by 20%. There's plenty of space and capacity if there's more pressure in the short term on prisons. Will it cost us more? Um, well, Corrections now has spends $850 million more than it did six years ago today, uh, and yet it's got 20% less prisoners. Uh, so there's budget there, and there's also a recruitment budget for uh, corrections officers of $500 million, which we're fully supportive of. So but the ultimate message is that if you do the crime, uh, you're, you're going to be doing the time. And so uh, in the short term, there may be more pressure on the prison population. Uh, but in the long term, the idea is to reduce crime and we'll reduce prisoners. Right. That was an excellent answer. Why didn't you give that answer yesterday? Or did you give that answer yesterday? They just didn't run it. No, we did give that answer yesterday. Though. Right. So they didn't run it. That we framed it up around the prison population and the 20 percent and the increase in budgets that are there. Um, so that's, that's what we gave you today. Okay, so $300 million. See, Kerry Allen says it's at least $300 million. You can find that. It's there. That's not the issue as far as you're concerned. Yeah, because the, the, the way they work at this average prisoner cost, right, if they take the total budget for everything in corrections and divide it by the number of prisoners. And, of course, what's been happening is when you've got a 20% reduction in prisoners, your average cost goes up. But every time you add an extra incremental prisoner, you, you've, you know, you've got these all these fixed costs that less prisoners are essentially covering. So it's a bit of a, a silly number, really, uh, in terms of the real cost of actually you know, accommodating an extra prisoner. But you know, that, that's getting into all the technicalities of it. But you know, that's the general gist of it. OK, what, what about the charge that you're interfering with the judiciary? Uh, no, we're, we're finding the balance. I mean, you know, we've got to have a balance where we always give judges some ability to discount based on the individual merits of each case and offender. Uh, but equally, you know, there are cases where we've seen up to 85% discounts on sentencing, and that's just not fair, and public doesn't feel that that's the right uh, intention or the right sentence for the right uh, level of crime. So we've got to draw the line somewhere, and we're saying, look, 40% of discounts, we're going to cap it there. Okay. The cultural reports, are they a scam? It's become a total cottage industry. They've gone from, I think, 8 in 2017 up to 2,400 last year. Uh, and they're often prepared by third parties that don't always know the offenders. Uh, and you get all sorts of people uh, you know, claiming to um, you know, get quite serious reductions and discounts off the back of it. By all means, as an offender, you bring someone in, talk to it verbally that knows you uh, about your background, if that's useful context uh, for the judge, do that. But we don't need a separate cottage industry that taxpayer funded. We'll take the money out of that and we'll give it to victim support. Do they actually, see, I, I was astonished, and this is on me, not anybody else, mm. I was astonished Harry Tam is involved yep. in the business of cultural reports. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, so this guy's generated 140 of these reports. Um, he's actually on his website, I think he's actually even claiming that he's reduced the sentence from more than six years to home detention. Uh, and, you know, these are often people who have been convicted of manslaughter and dealing with meth and aggravated robbery and domestic abuse and sexual violence and all that stuff. And so, you know, it, that's just perverse. And that's what I mean. It's speaking to a cottage industry and why on earth is Harry Tam involved in something like that? Exactly. Where do you reckon this sits in the grand scheme of things when it comes to the election? You know, law and order in general. Of all the things we're voting on, where does this sit? 
Oh, I think cost of living in the economy, number one. Number two, law and order. Uh, people are feeling really unsafe in their homes, their businesses, their community. Uh, and that's what we're saying is, look, we're going to have a series of policies in this space. First of all, it would back police, tackle the gangs. Secondary, it was about serious young offenders. Uh, and then thirdly, it's been about making sure we've got stronger sentencing in place. Uh, and so you know, that's what we've got to do because the government has been soft on crime. It sent a message from the top down that everything's permissible. The only target they've got is a 30% reduction in the prison population. I don't mind reducing the prison population, but we don't have a 30% reduction in crime. It's gone completely out of control. And as you and I have talked before, my observation in two years in government or parliament is there's lots of solutions and ideology roaming around in search of a problem. Uh, I just believe let's define the problem. It's unlike we've had before. Let's get common sense practical policies in place that work. Answer me this question because I had a small debate in the newsroom this morning. Some of the media treatment of what you got over the weekend, the bloke whose name I can't remember from TV1 asking whether people are too scared to vote. Was he being smart or was that was a serious question? No, I think it was a, I think it was a smart, smart question. <laughs> um, I think he's just being cheeky. Uh, and and uh, yeah, the point is, yeah, I, I just, as I keep saying, people need to get out of the Wellington bubble and Beltway and actually go out and meet people across this country because uh, I've, you know, Mark Mitchell and I have been going around meeting victims of ram raids and, and crime most weeks and, uh, you know, it's real. Uh, it's really real. And yeah. People, you know, and, and the other reference was the trip. weekend you got it wrong on the Crusaders and you've supported the Crusaders since you were a little boy and the Crusaders yeah. went around, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> is that what you're expecting? The reason I'm asking these questions, is that what yep. you're expecting this campaign? They don't like you, clearly, and they're yep. out to score points. Yep, and that's the uh, that's what we think the Labour approach will be, which will be come after me personally. We think that's been the plan for some time. And, and that's just speaking to a government that's out of ideas, frankly, and can't run on the record that it's got. So, you know, that's the tactics of, of how the Labour Party chooses to go about it, which is to come after me and uh, do the beat-ups uh, as they will. But that's fine. Um, I'm happy to do that for four months if we get to change the country, which can get it back on track and sorted, which is what we need to do. I mean, fantastic country, but we are so far off being, uh, and we've got to get it turned around and, and back on track and realise all the great potential we've got. And I can't remember who wrote it, but it was one of the journalists who said you've got it because much has been made of your meetings and the town halls and they're full and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the, the inference being they're all weirdos, because only weirdos have got time to go to meetings. Is your experience is the town halls are full of weirdos? <laughs> no, they're, they're full of representative New Zealanders, and they come uh, and we have a great engagement, and they ask really sensible and thoughtful questions and what's on their mind, and I'm giving them straight answers, as straight as I possibly can. That's what New Zealand needs right now. When you're turning something around, you've got to be really direct, really clear, really straight, and that's what those forums are enabling me to do uh, for that period of time. That's great. I'm really enjoying them. Should the Prime Minister take two planes on international travel? <laughs> Uh, no, uh, I think if we've got a so-called if we've got a climate emergency, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have a second thirty-year-old uh, seven-five-seven trailing the other one. Yeah, that's empty. Uh, and the second thing is, I think it obviously speaks to concerns around the reliability of of, of that of those aircraft uh, breaking down, as we've seen in past times. So, uh, no, we don't need to take two aircraft to a, to an event like that. For more from the Mike Hosking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from six a.m. weekdays, or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.